0: recommendation press recommendation press recommendation recommendation
1: press recommendation recommendation
0: welcome back guys to episode seven of wrestling recommendations i am your host eddie shepherd along with
1: with the tired travis lassiter
0: we've had a huge response with our last episode talk about it
1: uh yeah we were on our twitter at wrestling (laughs) rec so the recommendations just dropped the dations off um in dacians off sorry um we were, you know, promoting it or whatever. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start tagging the people that are in the match. I did it with the Austin Ricky steamboat thing and didn't really get any traction or whatever. Got some people that, you know, followed us because of it, but no retweets or anything, not even five minutes after I tagged Jr. in it talking about how he's the commentator on the match and I called him the legendary, you know, Jr. Um, he retweeted it and favored it. So then we got a, f- a flood of people, um, liking the tweet Um, and it has pushed us, he actually did it again when you did it, um, about two days later. So we got uh, some fresh ears, uh, listening to the podcast and I, we greatly appreciate that. Um, Jim Ross didn't have to do that. I mean, he didn't know if we were just. You know we could be selling drugs or whatever who knows and he retweeted and favored our stuff twice Uh, so if anybody that's new listening to it we appreciate you for listening i know jr probably drove you to it but hopefully enjoyed that episode uh i didn't get to promote it as much as i would have liked to so eddie eddie jumped on board with that but um i still have a few things i'll probably post about the match tonight uh after we record this one but um uh, it's just it was just a good match, and I think he doesn't really see a lot of people talk about Doctor Death in that area era of WCW. so uh, it was nice to see jr. appreciate it.
0: yeah, I will say it is the fastest growing podcast episode that we've done. It had the best first day downloads of any episode yet is currently setting number three right now on our uh, list of downloads of matches we've done. So that's pretty cool. But tonight, The Will of Names has uh, spun the wheel and we've made the deal to cover an X Division match from TNA. Our first TNA match.
1: You gotta beat me too, like I'm seven for seven here, man. Come on! I don't know what the fuck's going on, like
0: this match though. It is AJ Styles defending the X Division Championship against Christopher Daniels in a 30 minute Ironman match from Bound for Glory 2005. So let's just dive right on into it, man. Let's talk about the competitors. Christopher Daniels. Daniel Covell was born in Kalamazoo, Michigan on March 24th, 1970. When he was three years old, his family relocated to Fayetteville, North Carolina, where he became an avid Hello? fan. Oh, yeah. You guys are North Carolina boys. He was an avid fan of Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. After being trained, Daniels made his debut for Windy City Professional Wrestling in April of 1993. His family actually moved to Chicago, so he wasn't really in North Carolina for very long, Travis. He would then go on to compete for multiple uh, promotions, including Carlos Colon's IWC. Uh, Sketchy stuff going on there, but we'll we'll save that for another episode. Yeah, you know what you fucking did. (laughs) Fucking The butcher was there, too. After a short stint in ECW in 1998, which I did not know he really had a whole lot of action in ECW, Daniels traveled to Japan, where he developed his masked persona, Curryman, which would show up in TNA, I believe in 2007,
1: 2008. He's hot. He's spicy. That's all Just, I got. Is a terrible? <laughs> <given>. <laughs> a cream in. Uh, in 1998,
0: Daniel signed a developmental deal with the WWF and trained at Dory Funk Jr.'s Funkin' Dojo. He made his WWF debut on January 19, 1998, but went on to be used as a jobber on mainly Sunday Night Heat and Shotgun Saturday Night. Uh, throughout the late 90s and early 2000s. On January... Metal Eject. Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's going to come up here shortly. <laughs> Hold on, don't worry. On January 14, 2000, Daniels received a tryout match with WCW. The original idea, and I did not know this till I did my research, was for Daniels to portray Vampiro's Dark Master Syndrome. His WCW debut was a, continually postponed, and he eventually returned to the independent scene. Um, also, people don't talk about this, and I don't have it in my notes. He was also pitched to be the higher power for the whole Vince McMahon angle.
1: Yeah, I, and that's crazy because he could have been the head of two dark factions and got it kind of pulled out from under him both times. I don't, I don't, I think the pop on him being the dark, higher power though would have been a wet fart because no one Dude, would it, have known it who would, he was.
0: It would have been so lackluster. No one would have been like, "Who the fuck is this bald guy?" No one would have. Nobody. Well, by the time I think he still had hair, but uh, yeah, still same thing. No, they, it would have been like, who the fuck is this guy? I think if you would have done vignettes leading up to it, different story. I think we might have caught on. But I digress. In January of two thousand one, during an episode of WCW Nitro, Daniels attempted a springboard moonsault, but his left foot missed the ring rope. He botched the move and landed straight on his head. I have seen this footage. I cannot remember where it is. Is it? Is it in um, Beyond the Mat? it's somewhere
1: I want it's somewhere like that I can't I'm not sure either but I've seen it it's it's not good it's it's, it's terrible
0: I think Beyond the Met came out before, way before that so I don't yeah, know why I'm thinking it, yes. that um uh, but I remember seeing this footage um of course he damaged his neck uh, he was able to finish the match but his left arm was impaired throughout it afterwards Daniel signed a 90-day contract but was released before he had another match
1: on February, right, here's a 90, here, here break your neck. We'll give you ninety days. Don't worry, don't no big deal.
0: That sounds about right. But it's you gotta think they closed in March and this is January, so th- their heads are <laughs> ever fucking where else? I guess it was a blessing in disguise. You know what I mean?
1: True. At least he had pay for ninety days.
0: That's true. On February twenty third, two thousand two, Daniels wrestled in a triple threat main event uh for Ring of Honor's very first show. Uh, the era of honor begins against Loki and Brian Danielson. So he has a lot of ties to Ring of Honor. Both these guys we're talking about have a lot of ties to Ring of Honor. He would form the Prophecy, whose goal was to break down Ring of Honor and rebuild the whole show in their own image. Members of the Prophecy refused to follow the code of honor, which is the handshake before the match, mm-hmm. and um, that's kind of became their their whole deal with in Ring of Honor. They would eventually hold all the title belts in in Ring of Honor. Daniels originally joined TNA in 2002 and would eventually join Vince Russo's sports entertainment extreme stable, Triple X. Six. Six. It's so fucking God. stupid. He would join with fellow members, Loki and Elix Skipper, at the end of 2002, and they would eventually win the NWA tag titles.
1: It's a weird time um, in wrestling because they're working for both the Ring of Honor and TNA at the time. They don't have the whole talent exchange cut off yet, but like, People would be feuding in Ring of Honor, but then they'd be in tag teams and stables in TNA. It was it was fucking well, the, wild.
0: The thing with Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor was kind of like your niche, it's kind of like the new ECW, not like yeah. the extreme shit, but like it's the underground tape traders knew about Ring of Honor. TNA had this weekly pay-per-view deal, and then they started, you know, progressing to what would become impact so they could get away with that. Like now it'd be a lot harder to do something like that. Speaking of the whole trade video, I'm just just about to get to that. (laughs) And he would be forced to leave in 2004 of ring of honor due to TNA, not allowing their contracted wrestlers to work for ring of honor shows due to a scandal surrounding ROH promoter, Rob Feinstein. I believe he was on to catch predator. If I'm correct. You are correct, sir. (laughs) Yes. So, and, and, (laughs) all the rf video shit like all the shoot videos i mean everyone has seen an rf video like if you're a wrestling being a promo a shoot promo it was an rf video promo uh shoot promo video so uh, definitely didn't look good on them going back to tna triple x would feud with america's most wanted which would lead to their match at turning point uh in the infamous tightrope walk everyone knows this this clip of elix skipper Balance doing a balance beam on top of the cage into a Hurricane Rana, it's fucking phenomenal. And I believe Turning Point was also their very first pay per view that they ever did. It was either I believe it was Turning Point.
1: Matches also on our list as well. It is um, the Six Sides of Steel.
0: Yes, they would actually lose the uh, lose the tag titles to AMW, and uh, they were forced to disband in two thousand four. In January 2005, Daniels earned a title shot against AJ Styles for the X Division Championship at Against All Odds. This match would be their first 30-minute Ironman match for the title, where AJ Styles defeated Christopher Daniels to retain the title in overtime. Technically, the, the timer ran out as he had the Koji clutch on. Styles It's very reminiscent of Austin's head bleeding to uh, when he's in the sharpshooter, and he refuses. He doesn't pass out. Uh, Daniels Says he wants five more minutes, wants a sudden death, uh, uh, basically sudden death round. And Dusty Rhodes at the time allows it. And um, AJ gets the win. So that kind of leads us to where we are with Christopher Daniels leading into this match. On the other side of the ring, the phenomenal AJ Styles. Alan Jones was born June second, nineteen 1977, but he would go on to make his wrestling debut in 1998. He was said that he basically, he was very poor, didn't couldn't afford cable, so he never really got to watch a whole lot of wrestling. He was he liked it, but never really got around to it. Also, he was friends with uh, a couple of guys who wanted to go get trained, so he went with his friends. Pretty much everybody else quit training except for him. He continued to train, and he would go on to have quite a bit of success. In December of 1999, NWA Wildside was formed, and Alan Jones was renamed AJ Styles. WCW used NWA Wildside to serve as its developmental territory, territory. Excuse me, and sent their power plant wrestlers to compete in the company. WCW would then offer a contract to AJ in early 2001. AJ would be renamed Air Styles and paired with Air Paris, named Air Raid. They would appear on three episodes of Thunder, and on March 5th, 2001, they showed up on Nitro. They were actually entered into a tournament to crown new cruiserweight tag team champions. This uh, title did not last very long. They were actually eliminated in the first round by the eventual winners, who was uh, Prime Time, Elix Skipper, and Kid Romeo. WCW would go on to close its doors just a few weeks later. Also, Travis, I remember,
1: I remember that. I remember that's my first exposure to Air Styles. Or Air Paris uh, was that tournament. I remember him from that in the dying days of uh, Thunder.
0: Go ahead and uh mention the awesome figure that we got as well.
1: Yeah, the new uh WWE Legends figure uh coming out here soon is actually from the era of AJ Styles' career. Uh it comes with a nitro shirt and everything. Um, he he even makes fun of the tights because they they made those tights for him. Those were not tights that he made. He's like he's making fun of the maroon color and stuff when they did the reveal video, but uh we get a WCW AJ Styles, which everyone is going to customize into an NWA TNA AJ Styles. No doubt about it.
0: Yeah, it's You're pretty cool. Oh, we're going to talk about their, their music here later on too. Don't worry. On July 9, 2001, Styles had his very first tryout match with the WWF but was not offered a contract. He would make two more appearances in the WWF in January 2002 against the Hurricane Rico these were the matches Travis was alluding to on, I believe it was Jacked and Metal were the shows.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Metal. And they were like the syndicated shows, which I don't think I ever watched an episode of Jacked or Metal. Like I never saw them.
0: I don't know what it aired on. I don't know if it was like on Fox at like random times. I think I may have stumbled across it once or twice, but it was never anything that I like seeked out to to try to watch. I mean,
1: you didn't want to watch, listen to Jonathan Coachman with terrible commentary.
0: No, but I really wish I could have saw Mike Bell and Perry Saturn happen. Like I, I feel like that's like <laughs> really like I'm upset that I get to watch it happen live, live.
1: It's almost like me wanting the entire seasons of action zone.
0: <laughs> WWF offered AJ Styles a developmental deal, which would require AJ Styles to relocate to Cincinnati, Ohio. That's where they were doing some of their. Um, that's like a farm league. Basically, their developmental was based out of there. Styles declined the deal as the move would interfere with his wife's college plans. Um, good for him. Uh, I know they said that the pay was going to be garbage. He was going to uproot his whole family. So good on him for uh, kind of sticking to his guns and kind of betting on himself. It's a theme with AJ Styles, um, kind of betting on yourself. Styles would debut for the World Wrestling All-Stars, WWA. On February 2002, Styles would compete in a tournament tournament, At the eruption pay-per-view for the international cruiserweight championship styles defeated jerry lynn in the finals to win the title travis did you ever know anything about the wwa
1: when it happened? i did um i remember just hearing about um something starting up in australia with a bunch of old wcw guys that was really the the gist of it and there i remember one it was like bret hart was a commissioner one night or commissioner for a tour because he wasn't able to wrestle. And it was like a special appearance by Bret Hart. So all the dirt sheets at this point, I was reading some of the websites. So they were talking about it, but I never saw a match from it or anything. I just knew that it existed, but it was just, it was like WCW, but in Australia is what I felt like it was.
0: I remember seeing a, uh, I think it was on like the, like the TV Guide channel. And them showing like, oh, wrestling, oh, Lord, wrestling, all stars, see such stars as, you know, like Road Dog was there. Uh, yeah. Jarrett, um, they mentioned Brett. It, it was basically WCW light and featured some other people. But I remember we actually ordered the very first one, the Inception, and I used to have it on tape because I actually recorded it when it when it happened. And we ordered it, and thinking, "What the fuck is this?" They had the ban- bananas and pajamas. It was it was fucking ridiculous. However, I don't remember seeing AJ Styles because I we didn't really order many after that, so I never really can can remember seeing AJ Styles on there. Which
1: why? Is, why would you order anything after bananas and pajamas? Doesn't it get any good. better than that.
0: It was not good. <laughs> which uh, we we don't really talk about in my notes here, but WWA would eventually lead to what. TNA would become so that's kind of cool to think about Styles would debut in Ring of Honor at its third show in 2002 and quickly became a main eventer he would feud with the likes of Loki Paul London, Brian Danielson the late Jimmy Rave who just passed away, Samoa Joe Christopher Daniels, Matt Seidel and CM Punk, that's just to name a few, the who's who there of names, there's there's some Mm -hmm. fucking pretty damn good names there in May of 2002, Styles was signed to a non exclusive contract by TNA. He appeared in the first weekly TNA pay per view. The following week, Styles became the inaugural TNA X Division champion, where he would continue to feud with Jerry Lynn pretty much throughout the entire year of 2002. In June 2003, he would defeat Jeff Jarrett and Raven to win the NWA heavyweight championship before dropping it back to Jarrett in October of 2003. There's a lot of weird title reigns that AJ has. It's like they were, like, hot and cold. They wanted to put the title on them, and they didn't want to put the title on them. It was kind of weird.
1: Yeah, that's just, I don't know, TNA flip-flopped for the sake of, like, trying to grab some attention sometimes, and AJ was pushed as a main eventer very early in TNA. I mean, they even talk about it jumping ahead a little bit, but Don West even says in commentary here, he's, like, the only man to hold every title in TNA multiple times. And this is only 2005 at this point. So he's held every belt multiple times.
0: He's the first triple crown champion in the TNA era. Uh, And he does all this relatively quick. Um, Like I said, he was the first X-Division champion. So that speaks wonders. The X-Division used to be something – the X-Division was something that was missing from WWE television because the Cruiserweight division was never really taken seriously – in WWF or WWE. So this kind of gave a lot of these smaller guys a platform to go out there and kind of steal a show similar as the old Cruiserweights would do on pay-per-views during, you know, 96, 97,
1: 98. Yep, very true.
0: Going back to Ring of Honor, he would win a one-night tournament at Ring of Honor's second anniversary show in 2004 to become the very first pure Ring of Honor wrestling champion. Styles would defeat CM Punk at the show, at our best, for his final match in Ring of Honor in 2004, as we just mentioned with Rob Feinstein. Uh, TNA withdrew all of its contracted wrestlers from all Ring of Honor events, and he had to vacate the title. Styles would feud with Abyss and Jeff Jarrett throughout January 2004, leading to Styles winning the NWA title for a second time. AJ would then lose the title to Ron Killings after Jeff Jarrett interfered with him. Styles returned to the X-Division shortly after this in 2004 and would defeat Frankie Kazarian to become the first three-time X-Division champion. On June 28th, he defended the title against Kazarian and Michael Shane in an Ultimate X match. Shane and Kazarian simultaneously retrieved the belt and became co-champions. He would then feud with Petey Williams, leading to him winning his fourth X-Division title at Final Resolution 2005 in an Ultimate X match, defeating Chris Sabin and ch- current champion at the time, Petey Williams. As we mentioned earlier, the feud between Styles and Daniels began at uh, Against All Odds 2005, and continued at Destination X, where Styles lost the X Division title to Christopher Daniels in an Ultimate X match featuring Ron Killings and Elix Skipper in controversial fa- fashion. Excuse me. Basically, what happened? Styles actually got the belt. The ref was distracted, and Christopher Daniels hit the Angel's Wings and was able to kind of grab the title belt and show the ref that he had the belt. Uh, a lot of these title changes happened through. Ultimate X matches, it kind of became a staple. Uh, cool fucking idea for a match. I still think it's pretty cool. It's awesome. Um, there's some scary spots that happen later on in X, uh, Ultimate X matches, but pretty quality entertainment. I think it's a, it's a fun match, and I feel like it's not really been replicated anywhere else, which is pretty cool.
1: You're That's true. I mean, they tried a lot to do some things in other promotions like Ultimate X or Scramble matches or things of that nature and they were just never as uh good as as this and that's saying a lot because i mean there's there's been a lot of innovation if you think about tna that people don't really give them credit for anymore because they became a laughing stock after hogan kind of came in and and kind of hurt the company but you think about it man there's some great talk about wcw 92 93 you look at tna from was it 04 to maybe 07? They're having fucking bangers all the time.
0: Yeah, not to mention I mean, it's Samoa in, Joe. In that, in that time period, you you see like, just Samoa Joe, AJ Styles. Uh, Kurt Angle shows up in 06, just a year at, you know, shortly after this. Christian's already there. Uh, uh, Sting shows up. Sting actually signs his deal. Um in 06. In 06 is pr- kind of a sweet spot with the with the talent that they were getting. You know, some of it was still pretty shitty booking when it came to match types, like uh was it the last rights match? Um, but, that, yeah, that uh, was it, abyss,
1: though they were trying to make abyss the Undertaker and it wasn't gonna work.
0: Yeah, and I mean, even put that in abyss when I first watched it, he he stuck out to me. Uh Jeff Hardy was there at this time as well. There's they uh Rhino, Sabu, Raven, they they had a lot, they had a good tag division. Uh definitely people kind of remember, you know, like for the longest time, TNA was the butt of all jokes when it came to wrestling. And I, it kind of makes me mad because mm-hmm. I was a fan during this time that we're watching right now. They were putting on some pretty good shit. There was some pretty good wrestling going on.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, that's why I, like I joke. I was, I was joking, like, t- you know, TNA, TNA, like last week when we were doing the wheel. But this is a, a spot where I chose a lot of my matches uh, for the TNA era from that section of matches just because they may have not have been putting on the best storylines, but when those guys got between the ropes, they were having fantastic fucking matches. Um and I know the uh triple threat match between Joe, AJ, and uh Christopher Daniels is on our list, but like that match was like a five star thing from Dave Meltzer and you know, fuck Dave Meltzer, but he might he he got that one right. That match was fucking great.
0: Something we'll talk about, too, later on uh, when we start watching this match, some things about AJ Styles I want to talk about, and we'll get to it. But let's finish this up with AJ Styles, man. So AJ Styles won his third NWA World Championship from Jeff Jarrett at Hard Justice that involved uh, Tito Ortiz, only to lose the title to Raven in a King of the Mountain match in, at Slammiversary 2005. It's another innovative match. They're kind of kind of ripping that off a little bit with this new match. They're doing uh, in NXT that Shawn Michaels introduced this past week. Uh, Like I said, flip-flopping so much with him winning the title, than not winning the title. They want him in the X Division. They don't want him in the X Division. It's like they they can't figure out what they want to do with him, um, but they definitely want to utilize him in some way. Styles would lose to Samoa Joe in the finals of the 2005 Super X Cup tournament at Sacrifice, where the winner would receive an X Division title shot at Unbreakable. During the match, Christopher Daniels interfered, and TNA Director of Authority at the time, Larry Zbysko, added AJ Styles to the match. That match would be the match we just talked about, Unbreakable, where mm-hmm. Styles would defeat Samoa Joe and Christopher Daniels. That match is fucking fantastic. Like, we were just talking about it, and I'm, it's on our list. I can't wait till we actually land on that one and get to watch it because it's so good. People don't even realize Raven and Rhino wrestled for the NWA title that night. All they remember is that three-way.
1: Well, and, and TNA's got a, um, a real knack for, like, when they have a good match, they redo it because I think they do – another triple threat. Is it at destination X O six? they have they the same match, just like they had this Iron Man match at, uh, against all odds. And then they have this one again, but, um, th- they stuck with what worked. If it was something good, they were going to try it again. I mean, it may, the may had diminishing returns, but you, you can't go wrong with Joe Daniels or AJ styles in this time period. They were on top of their game for sure. Oh
0: yeah. And, uh, Daniel's losing the title. This is what pretty much led to him getting his rematch is this match here bound for glory, which is the very first bound for glory. Uh, And that's that kind of just leads us to where we're at right now. We already got both guys all caught up to where we are before we actually start watching this match, guys. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we will be right back with you.
2: Next Generation Wrestling brings some of the most talked about and star-studded professional wrestlers from around the world. Based out of East Tennessee, NGW is becoming one of the most sought-after independent wrestling promotions in the past four years. Witness NGW live or on demand on the High Spots Wrestling Network streaming app. Follow us on social media platforms at NextGenTN. We believe the mat is sacred, honor is real, and everything is discussed under pure rules. My name is Ryan, one half of the Wrestling Purpose Podcast. We review all things wrestling and don't pull any punches. We do an episode every Sunday where we go back and watch a pre-2020's pay-per-view and then talk about it in the segment we call the Retro Review. I also do an episode every Friday morning in our WIN series, which just stands for Weekend News. It gives me an opportunity to freely shoot on 10 news topics from the past week. I also do pay-per-view predictions and reactions to large breaking news stories like Tony Khan being the new owner of Ring of Honor Wrestling. You can find us on all major podcast streaming platforms. Check out our Twitter page, at the WP underscore pod, that's T-H-E-W-P underscore P-O-D, for all updates. Our pinned tweet has other links as well, like our merch store, and how to support our show directly. Remember, whether you agree with us or not, We're right, because we are the wrestling purists. All right, guys, we are back.
0: Travis, do you have your uh, Impact Plus pulled up?
1: I do. Impact Plus, let's go. I got, got it on my TV from my phone, so we're ready to roll.
0: Yeah, guys, you can pull up. If you have Impact Plus, you can watch this match along with us. Uh, You basically just go to the year 2005 and go to Bound for Glory. It's the one hour, 52 minute and 52 second spot is where we're starting from. You can also watch this entire show for free on Impact Wrestling's YouTube channel. So if you're on YouTube, just look up Bound for Glory 2005. And uh, go to the one hour, 52 minutes, and 52 second mark. You may be off if you watch it on there because they do have ads. Uh, I have noticed on here there are black spots for ads, just like on the WWE network. It's kind of random. Um, but yeah, we're going to say three, two, one, and start this match off, guys. Three, two, one, play. Oh, man. We see Christopher Daniels walking out here. The setup actually looks pretty good. Uh, I'll give it, I actually like the way it looks. It's kind of gritty and grungy, but it, it also looks pretty good.
1: It's a, it's a reminder of how like the impact zone looked. I I, I kind of forgot how the layout was for the impact zone. And I, I uh, it's grown on me a whole lot from when I first started, watched these shows back yeah, in the I, day.
0: I actually have it in my notes later on, but I won't go ahead and talk about it. I They have a similar look to uh, NXT. NXT and and the Impact Zone look very identical. Uh, Even the layout where the stage is, everything looks very identical. And I never put that together until watching this match back because it's been so long.
1: Well, the funny thing is, too, I, I, I forgot how Christopher Daniels during this time and era was, he always, like, said something to the camera when he got into the ring. Like, he always, like, made a point to mouth something so the audience would know, like, he's the cocky heel which is there's like AJ when he comes down to the rings, like I'm going to kill you. Like it comes across on the audio. That he says yeah, that the, the,
0: the fire in his face and his eyes, man, AJ Styles, the gear is awesome. I love this. I love this AJ Styles. Um, AJ Styles was the first thing that drew me to TNA. And I think that, I think that's a lot of people just because the dude was so fucking
1: good. Oh, yeah. I I do hate Christopher Daniels, Chippendale fucking yeah. Reverend neckband. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's gonna attack him he's gonna cut him boom hits him uh we didn't talk about it but when christopher daniels came out um his theme song is a ripoff of disposable teens by marilyn manson and it's like dude dude mm. it's very um very reminiscent to that also aj styles um uh, get ready to fly song fucking love that song wish that he would still kind of use it
1: six six out of ring too man like I remember just making fun of that when it first came out. I was like, what the fuck's a six sided ring? But, like, it, it made for some interesting spots and, like, different ways they had to hit the ropes. I mean, it, it set them apart from WWE at the time. Very AAA. Was it Mexico? AAA yeah. had a six sided ring. That's so where they got yeah. the idea pretty much.
0: So, really, really quick, too. Um, I want to say when I used to watch the weekly pay per views, which we'll t- we'll get to this here shortly. They they used the four sided ring all the way up till I believe they actually went on to I think it was it Fox Sports One, and that's when they FS, Fox Sport Fox, Fox Sports, Sports Net yeah Net that's it yeah Net at the time yeah and um, I think that's when they switched to the six sided ring and I want to say the first time that they did that. It, the first match I believe was AJ Styles versus Roderick Strong. I could be wrong, uh, but I want to say that that was the very first match, and AJ Styles personally picked Roderick Strong for that match. Um, but
1: it is uh, it is it is weird here too that those beams are in the way of the camera shots. That's that that's something I noticed watching the match. They're kind of in the way of the where they're working in the corners when they take the sh- shots in the corner.
0: Yeah, you'll notice too. These two guys, the chemistry is off off the charts. That you know, they are great friends. Um, I didn't talk about it, but even in the WWA, they also had matches together. Uh, they have had matches together in Ring of Honor. They've had pretty much matches everywhere they've went, and uh, I think that's pretty uh, pretty awesome. AJ Styles, really cuts them off there. Let's talk about the show really quick. We knew this match was kind of long, so I kind of saved this portion of the of the um, show that we normally talk about earlier on. For right now, this was the very first Bound for Glory took place October 23rd, 2005 from the Impact Zone in front of about 900 fans. The pre-show match. Get this bullshit. Just the people involved in the pre-show match. Sanjay Dutt defeated Alex Shelley, Austin Aries, and Roderick Strong. I'm a huge Roderick Strong mark. I love Roderick Strong. Uh, It's just kind of telling that that was the pre-show match.
1: ROH, all ROH world champions, except for Sanjay Dutt, pretty much there.
0: You are right. Uh, Samoa Joe would defeat the uh, debuting in TNA, Jushin Thunder Liger. Uh, great match. Joe had a huge entrance. Um, they, this was right when they were making Joe. would be a real fucking big deal. Uh, and they kept it going all the way through his feud with Kurt Angle. So uh, one of the few things they did right, got me invested in uh Oh, man. That was fucking cool. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. It's just awesome. It's DNA, awesome to see some of this. DNA. Uh, you'd also got the Diamonds in the Rough, which was David Young, Elix Skipper, and Simon Diamond uh, defeating Apollo, Boy and Sonny Siaki. Monty Brown defeated Lance White. Pounce. Monty Brown was fucking cool.
1: Monty <laughs> Brown was fucking cool, man. You know who wasn't cool? Marcus Corvon. He was not. You're he right. Wasn't cool. You are cool. correct.
0: Uh, you also got Team Canada, which was A1 Bobby Roode and Eric Young, with Scott Demore defeating Three Live Crew, which was BG James, uh, Ron Killings, and Travis's favorite wrestler Conan.
1: Fuck Conan. Piece of shit. Th- three Live Crew.
0: Uh, we got uh, an Ultimate X match to determine the number one contender for the X Division Championship. PD Williams defeated Chris Sabin and Matt Bentley. Funny thing about this match, this is where the X kept falling off and it looked really tacky. They had to keep going up there because they had it up there with zip ties. It kept breaking. Um, and then the last little bit of it, the X was just dangling and uh, PD Williams is waiting underneath and it drops right into his hands. They actually would go on to have a rematch up for of this um, on Impact, which was. Um, PD Williams is pretty much getting the win again so they were just trying to rectify what happened. America's most one This is
1: this is this is maple leaf muscle freaking uh PD Williams the innovator of the Canadian destroyer when he was like yes. a fucking badass. Like his yeah, Marvel dude, action figure was fucking cool. It was fucking amazing.
0: Yes, you were right because I'll talk about the figures too because I remember Getting all these figures and they were fucking sweet. That P.D. Williams ruled. And yes, this was the very first time I had ever seen a Canadian destroyer. And I will never forget the first reaction was like, Oh my fucking God. I was like, what the fuck's going on? So I'd never seen anything like that. Now you see it in every fucking match, and it's kind of depressing.
1: That's just that's just a fucking spot Ricky Morton does
0: the fucking Canadian Destroyer. (laughs) There's that. (laughs)
1: Oh God. Uh, you, know most you know what you know oh, what you know what you know what fuck Tyrus I'm just going to put that out there right now fuck Tyrus he should never have been NWA champion sorry nope. continue
0: Nope. I agree uh America's most wanted James Storm and Chris Harris would go on to defeat the Naturals which was Andy Douglas and Chase Stevens for the NWA tag titles we'd get a monster's ball match with Rhino defeating Abyss Jeff Hardy and Sabu which is not a bad little match I kind of feel bad because this match had to follow of that hardcore clusterfuck which People like hardcore clusterfucks. I get it. Uh, then at, right after this match, we'd get a 10-man gauntlet match to replace Kevin Nash. Uh, Kevin Nash was supposed to face Jeff Jarrett in the main event. Kevin Nash had a heart attack. He thought he was having a heart attack, um, and that's why he actually did not perform on this. He actually had another injury as well. I believe he had staph. Um, I can't remember when that happened um, exactly, but I remember he had staph infection. It was kind of a big deal. Of course, Rhino would win the um Gauntlet match last eliminating Abyss. And then Rhino would defeat Chris Jericho or Chris Jericho, Jeff Jarrett to uh, win the NWA title. He would pretty much lose it like the next fucking week on impact. Like it was just kind of a way to give the fans something happy to go home with. Um, I don't think Rhino was the right guy for it.
1: No, no, you're right.
0: So this is something we normally ask too. When was the first time you watched TNA and this match?
1: I watched TNA for the first time probably when it was on Fox Sports Net. I never ordered a weekly pay per view. Um, I, I would read the results and everything, catch match clips here and there. But the uh, first time I ever watched this match is when I bought the DVD because I got on the TNA DVD train early because me being a pessimist was like, oh man, they probably won't last long. These these will be worth something one day. And plus, it had a lot of guys I knew. Like, I knew Jeff Jarrett. I mean. He's, kevin nash ddp has some matches in tna early jeff hardy um so I, I was i was going to fye and tracking down these dvds when they first started coming out mainstream because i remember the first set they ever put out was uh, i was a three-pack set i think it was victory road uh turning point and fi- is it final resolution i can't remember I, guess, I think I remember it, might, the, be, the third it might be lockdown. Uh, it is locked down because I actually skip a pay-per-view for some reason. And that's yeah. the three box that's set. Three box. Um, but three, yeah, but I used to go to FYE solely to buy TNA DVDs because they were reasonably priced. And FYE was always trying to get more money out of your ass than things were worth. But they didn't charge much for TNA DVDs at the time.
0: How FYE is still in business right now is beyond me. I'm, I'm surprised it's still kicking.
1: Dude, when, every time we go to the one in uh east uh west town mall, I, I I just think it's getting ready to get shut down because they've got less and less stuff every time I go. Less no, I keep less waiting,
0: stuff. I keep waiting for them to like put stuff on like super cheap, I'm like fuck yeah, and then it never happens. Um
1: you remember it was time... Sam Goody, Sam yep. Goody and not FY? <laughs> I do,
0: I do. That's where I used to buy all my CDs. I remember the very first time I um when I bought a explicit cd i was like 13 years old and I don't, they totally shouldn't have sold it to me um but it was uh chocolate starfish and hot dog flavored water by Limp Fuck yeah my mom probably. was pissed my mom was so pissed when she <laughs> she's like because i remember we were we were in indiana visiting family and it was around christmas time probably around this time actually and it was snowing and we were in indianapolis and i had my little headphones and my fucking, um uh the anti-skip fucking CD player with me and I'm just mm-hmm. blaring that shit. But, uh, but definitely Sam Goody, uh, it was, they were always expensive too. Just like, they were always expensive on wrestling tapes too. But the first time I actually watched TNA was, I was at my brother's apartment and he, it was kind of similar to the WWA thing. He was like, dude, there's this new show called TNA. And right around this time, I actually started, I actually got a computer. So I was able to start kind of reading some of this shit online and seeing um, noDQ.com post stuff all the time about TNA. TNA is doing this weekly pay per view. I think they were, were they $10? I think they were $10 a piece. Yeah, I think it was $9.99. And, um, We watched. I think he ordered a random a couple ones, and then the one that we wanted to make sure we got was the very first Ultimate X match because we thought it was the coolest thing. Um, I, and I know, I think that might have been the show the the match I talked about earlier where they came down with the title simultaneously. Say, I think I want to say it's um Matt Bentley's in that match. I'm trying to think who was all in that match, but I remember I remember that that being the one we specifically ordered, and then like you said, the three set box set that they had a victory road turning point and lockdown was at walmart and i think it was only like 15 bucks and i was like i gotta have mm-hmm. this and then bound for glory 2005 was the first i remember like standalone ec or a tna show that they carried at walmart and i immediately got it as well and i was like i gotta see these some of these matches I'm like there's aj styles there's just a bunch of awesome people on this um uh, show i really want to you know see this and uh I started watching um FS or Fox Sports Net. Um we we got it on our cable when we when, when we had it and uh, I got really into it and I thought it was a great alternative to WWE because Ooh, I mean at nice the time there. at the time this is 2005 you're you're in the run of Cena and Batista just getting there. This is a str- very different contrast between the two. Um I feel like TNA does have that WCW syndrome, where they 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 put the wrong people in the main event. AKA Jeff Jarrett should not have been NWA champion for as long as he was, and his reign of terror is ten times worse than Triple H's.
1: But I, I you, get why. I get why, because he he could depend on himself because he's the owner of the company. But still, you got to trust somebody else to carry it. You got to.
0: Well, by this time too, you you got guys like. AJ Styles who are super loyal to your company and you got to put mm-hmm. the faith in them. Same with guys. Like, I mean, Joe popped in there and he, Joe gets over immediately and fucking impact. But the thing is like, it goes back to like that NXT crowd that I was talking about that very similar. They're drawing in the same motherfuckers week. You know, when they mm-hmm. do their shows, there's people who talk about the fan fest during this show that they did before um, like that weekend who says, hey, we come down, we come down for every pay-per-view? So like, I really wish I could have gotten tickets and known how, you know, expensive, not expensive it would have been to see these shows.
1: Just, and just think, man, the matches that universal studios has seen since WCW started being taped there till even today with, you know, AEW doing dark and elevation there, just how much wrestling, has been at universal studios it's wild to think about
0: yeah just i mean even going down you know like hogan's and and all these you know hall of famers have come through there and a lot of these people at the time probably had no fucking clue who they were they're just stopping in there because i mean i've heard that as well that some of these times they would have a hard time filling shit the show so they're like hey come on in it's a free show come on in so uh air conditioning. yeah it, 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 it's very interesting to see that uh, big thing here that it, it's really hard for me to to not talk about it is AJ Styles with short hair, being you know so used to having him with the long hair now it,
1: it's it's very wild to see, and no beard, like yeah. just clean shaven AJ, and he's got the short trunks on instead of the long tights, just the evolution of AJ Styles through the years to the mom haircut and everything now is. It's kind of it's stark tra- contrast. Um, oh, yeah. There's that, that old. Yeah, yep. Coach
0: Clutch is fucking awesome. I know we have not really talked a whole lot about the match, but there's just a lot of great Matt wrestling going on, guys. They are kicking each other's ass. Uh, if, you, if you get the chance, I mean, I know a lot of people probably don't watch along with our episodes. Definitely seek this match out. It's worth watching just to see the, the contrast of 2005 to now. This match is 17 fucking years old, dude.
1: It's and it's very ring of honor match, if you think oh, yes. about it, because they're going back to AJ did an Indian death lock, stuff like that. Uh Daniels has the Koji Clutch in. Like that's the hold he had him in at Against All Odds when he's bleeding and he couldn't get him to tap out, and now he's getting angry. So definitely a lot of great, great wrestling here. I mean, we're we're 14 minutes in. There's still 15 minutes left. 15, I mean 16 minutes left. So there's still a lot to come. Also, Rudy Charles, man, what a, a great pip squeak of a referee! I like; yeah. him. He's a great ref. He was also good. like, also he's like Jeff Jarrett's like right hand man around this time too. Uh, shout out to Jeff Jarrett's podcast, My World, where he he was talking about Rudy Charles was super dependable. God dang it! Yeah, yeah, that, that, that awesome uh moonsault. springboard
0: moonsault was pretty was pretty sweet. Um, I I feel like too, man. We're talking about you know Rudy Charles here. I feel like Don West and Mike Tanae, they don't get enough love, man. they they are a great duo. And it's something you don't see. Don West turns heel later on in, in TNA, but you don't see two Terrible baby idea. face. You don't see two babyface commentators. And Don West does a great job of doing color. And Mike Tanay is the fucking professor. He makes every move feel big and he gets so excited. He, he kind of reminds me of Maro Ronaldo, too.
1: I used to shit on Don West so much. Oh, backflip, reverse DDT. That's awesome. the staple. Um, I wish
0: he still did that. I feel like he doesn't do it as much as he used to.
1: But I I used to give Don West so much shit because I was like, I was like, man, he's so over the top and all this other stuff because he did He was like QVC salesman, different stuff. But honestly, he was just excited because he wasn't a wrestling guy, but he brought that excitement to the table. Every every match, every match he brought it to the table, and then Mike Taney just Mike Taney. He knows every damn thing, like like you said, Professor was the anchor of Thunder. Like they brought him in for the cruiserweight matches in WCW. Like just a just a great wrestling guy, and it's kind of a a sin now that he's he's not involved in wrestling anymore. TNA, the later TNA kind of soured him on the wrestling business.
0: I get it. I mean, it's very similar to what happened to Tony Schiavone as well. And I believe Tony Schiavone even said it had, you know, nice things to say about Mike Tanay. Um, man, it's just it's just wild to me. Like, I know we talked about it. This match is 17 fucking years Ooh. old. And he dropped him around his fucking head. Uh, these, these guys working on very tight, just very tight. There's not mistakes. It's just very clean and very a of, crisp.
1: A lot of trust between these two. Like you said, they've worked a lot together. Uh, a spot from earlier in the match I was going to comment on, we got talking on something else. Fucking Christopher Daniels gorilla pressed AJ Styles and slammed yep. him earlier in the match. Is that something you don't see guys that size do a lot?
0: Yeah, I will say something about Christopher Daniels' build is always threw me off, and it it kind of like deterred me to uh, from getting behind him as a fan. I don't know if it's just his tights, if he has long arms or long legs, his frame is just a little different. And I mean, shame on me for that. But he he just looks. You know, I don't know if that makes any sense.
1: It's something about, like, his Death Valley driver. Something about his, uh, like, pectoral region kind of reminds – kind of looks old, like he's an older guy, but he's not really that old at this point. Kind of like a Kofi Kingston chest almost, if you think about it. But, like, uh, I think it was the build, man. Like, I I just – I saw him as a good mid-card X Division heel, but really not much else than that. And that's a shame on me, too, because he's a tremendous wrestler, tremendous worker. Good on the mic. Uh,
0: I feel like a, a lot of these guys, their mic work wasn't really, um, not just not highlighted as well. Like AJ Styles was always known. As, oh, oh man, that, this fucking move! Oh, looks fucking great. Well, um, and AJ wasn't known to be great on the mic, but his ring mm-hmm. work would definitely overshadow anything his mic work would do.
1: Here, here's a crazy thing about this match: people could go back and watch this match and pick up moves because half these moves aren't even used anymore i don't think i've ever seen anybody use that straight jacket uh buckle bomb besides christopher daniels ever yeah it
0: it looked great and then oh man this, this is so fucking smooth right here
1: the gut the the gut wrench gut buster that aj used earlier no one i don't think anyone uses that
0: yeah, he does like a pump handle and flip over into a into a gutbuster. Mm. Is fucking smooth as shit. Um, I wanted to ask you this: Do you feel like AJ Styles is the TNA version of Sting and WCW? As in, he's you know he's the franchise guy for TNA, but also kind of got shoved to the back when all these new guys would get hired, similar to what happened to Sting in like '94, '95, '96.
1: I agree with that wholeheartedly. And you have to look no further than, um, was it 2007 after, uh, uh after Christian and Kurt Angle are there, he becomes like Christian's lackey in, uh, you know, like Chris, the Christian coalition and stuff. He's. Is it, teaming yeah, he's with with yeah. Yeah. And then even when Hogan comes in, he's in fortune, but they dye his hair and he's not the focal point of of anything really I mean he definitely got pushed to the side when he was the backbone of TNA like he's what kept TNA around for as long as he did it was it was yeah, we totally crazy just to missed, think man he's, we totally just missed the best moonsault ever sorry go on yeah but it's crazy to think man he's got um he's got almost as many years in WWE now as he had TNA
0: that is wild to think about because he showed up in what twenty. 20-
1: 15, 16, 6, six 2016. So this is six years and that would, he went from TNA from what? Oh, two to 14. So, I mean, he's got 12 years, but I mean, you got to think, man, he's, he's wrestled more for WWE than he has TNA. Well, let me Match ask you wise. this.
0: Let me ask you this too. If AJ Styles would have went to WWE in 2005, 2006, do you think he would have been as successful as he is now?
1: No, they wouldn't have pushed him against a uh, John Cena or anything like that. He would have just been viewed as a mid-card um, guy and who probably would have, um, I mean, his talent is undeniable, but they would have never pushed him against Cena. He he hadn't established himself as the guy for TNA yet watch until, us, watch us. until later.
0: Oh God.
1: god. Could have broke a rib there. Although but he landed like, right on his fucking
0: leg on the fucking steps on the outside. And he's gonna hit him with a that's suicide wave he...
1: here. So pay suicida. Oh god. That's for you, Eric. Over his head. <laughs> <laughs> but like I don't I don't think so, man. I don't think he would have made it uh past his first contract if he'd have went in 05.
0: Well, I I mean I guess it's telling too because Vincent Mann was not even a fan of AJ Styles. Then I did not have faith in AJ Styles uh, in 2016 when he showed up. Yeah, that that, when he his leg is bruised as fuck. Uh, When he from him taking that um, laying around on the still steps, he landed right on the corner. It was pretty rough.
1: It's the bad thing about the six sided ring. It's kind of awkward where the steps and stuff are when you do do dives like that.
0: It's telling too because go ahead.
1: Does, I, by, just react to your point there, that Vince McMahon didn't know who AJ Styles is. Pele kick um, is is ridiculous that he didn't know who AJ Styles was. Because that tells you he was more about the business side of it than the wrestling side of it at that point in Vince's career.
0: I mean, I remember getting so excited just knowing that AJ Styles could be signed and then he, he shows up. I mean, I, I think his New Japan run helped get him ready mm-hmm. for WWE. Oh, man, the way Styles hits this, this dive over the top rope, it is beautiful. He always made it look so beautiful.
1: There are two moves that you don't see AJ Styles do anymore. They used to do be a staple of his TNA career. The spiral tap and the Fosbury flop. He used oh, yeah. to do that where he did do like a shooting star over the ropes. Like uh, – I don't think he could probably do him anymore. Well, or why would he, you want to do him anymore? He would, but he would do
0: that. Sh- he would do the shooting star out to the outside. But he would just do a the fallsberry Fosberry flop, just right over the top rope. He would just clear it as he would like. You know, uh, yeah. a little bit. You know, jump. You know, jumping over the bar, and
1: yeah.
0: oh, man, I, I'll, this is you know seventeen years later. AJ Styles is still just as smooth in the ring now as he is then. I do say I think he works a safer match now compared. Mm-hmm. He kind of through caution to the wind in a lot of these uh matches around this time period he, he it was a staple that he would bust his mouth open almost in every match too he would always be you know getting hurt this spot that's about to come up here is fucking crazy as shit cuz he back daniel's back body drops aj to the floor and you just hear a thud
1: it is sick stuff you don't see anymore like but that's that's kind of a hard bump for both of them there. Like, I mean, it, I don't know. I like it, but then again, so much could go wrong there. You could slip off the apron, drop both of yourselves on the head, but that shows you how much trust those two guys had for each okay, other. You definitely
0: easily can get a concussion from that. Just flopping your head could bounce right off Even with The map being down there, it's still a hard fall. I, I will say the, uh, the morphoplex.com logo here on the apron <laughs> It's it's very tacky to me. Like I get it, very very like, young company. They're they're getting sponsorships where they can. It gets worse later on when they actually have them on the canvas. Like I know WCW did it with Slim Jim, but it's fucking Slim Jim. Like I get it. It's a little different. morphoplex.com plays t- not as not as
1: cool. They'd put their uh, DVDs on the apron too. Like one that had just came out. I remember like uh, they had was it the uh, best of the bloodiest brawls for the longest time was on the side of the apron. Yeah. Uh, I, remember I remember that, that as one.
0: Well. Is that the one with you know, Sabu on the front?
1: Yep. You know somebody else that would be, you know something Bill Watts would be very upset about?
0: With the mats on the floor? The
1: <laughs> mats on the outside of the ring. Oh, and gee, top row it, maneuvers. If God, it dang. if it was
0: if it was Bill Watts, he would peel the padding up and he would actually peel the layer of concrete up to reveal more concrete so that's what
1: hey, he'd want you to see the bars damn it he'll see those oh, bars man.
0: we're actually less than five minutes left uh, under this there's yet to be a pinfall yet uh with this Ironman match this is my Ironman match rules I know we didn't really speak a whole lot about it uh, of course in um modern day Ironman matches are a half hour not an hour long which I think is better I think mm. fans attention spans are like they uh like they said in baseball, nanoseconds. seconds <laughs> um so i i think it's it, it's good and it's serviceable i think you go an hour it's too long it, it drags way too much it's hard to keep anybody's interest that long so i like that i do also like the fact you know spoiler alert there is only one fall in this match and they they plan it perfectly like right mm-hmm. when it happens and i like that i make it the whole match felt like a com, like you know it was competitive if you were going into this blindly, you would not know who was going to win this match.
1: No, I I like how AJ's been taking his wrist tape off different things like that during the match showing that he's getting, you know, sweaty, tired. Like he's, he's uh, showing that the match is taking its toll in different ways. They were trying to get a shot of his leg there where he hit it on the steps. Yeah. You start to see his, his his
0: back's all bruised too. It's purple. Oh, it's like – it looks It looks rough. That
1: leg's purple.
0: He went for that Pele kick. Oh.
1: Man, just the so pins, smooth, man. man. So, like, the roll through that he's hitting right now, but the one Daniels did to him about, about 30 seconds ago, like, you just don't see that anywhere.
0: Yeah, there, there's a gift Ooh. that I made. Yeah, he hits it with Call his German, German. seat flakes, AJ fires up, and he just fucking wallops a clothesline. And it is fantastic,
1: Disco Slurry. Oh, there it is. They got it for a second. Ah, oh. he flew right up so, into the steps.
0: Know, and 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 this might be kind of far fetched, you know, for somebody else. But um, I I think these two guys could rival uh, Austin and Steamboat, and and have the way that they work together, and the way that they they move together, and they just are in sync with each
1: other. I think it, it could easily rival it. They just they just get the wrong camera angle. Like he'll roll to the mat just like a second after they got the camera on him, and then he rolls back after they change the camera angle. But man, that that thigh is God. It's it's nasty looking. That's almost it, immediate. What that happened three minutes ago, three yeah, four minutes it, ago.
0: It's uh, it's pretty much we're getting to the the final two minutes here, and uh, it's kind of fucking. Is, yeah. It's go time now.
1: Oh yeah. And I do like the fact that they have the timer on the screen like multiple screens. So these guys know, okay, I got a minute forty eight to go. Let's 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 turn it up a little bit here.
0: I know this is this
1: match. Rudy Charles is on it too with the time.
0: As this match is starting to wind down. Really quick thoughts on the X Division title. Love or hate it.
1: I, I like it. I actually like this style of X Division title the best. The smaller plate with the big red X. Oh yes, I didn't like the newer X division titles. I did like the. It was kind of their cruiserweight title, workhorse title, but then you could throw Abyss in there, and it say X division doesn't mean weight limits; it means no limits is the way they used to do it. Um, so you could pretty much put anybody in there, but mainly this was if you put an X division title match on there, it was there to steal the show. That was that was the the match. And they gave these guys angles, which was another thing that a lot of oh, times Cruiserweights didn't get. Oh. Angles, they just got matches. Because oh. these guys had a year-long feud, essentially.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to think, they put the title on Joe. Joe's X-Division champion for a long fucking time, too. Mm-hmm. And he was undefeated all the way up till he lost to Kurt Angle at Genesis. And that's in 2006.
1: Yeah, the only matches he didn't technically win were like three ways. He never got beat.
0: They do this spot Beautiful. here. That's the same spot that they did in that unbreakable match. He's going to roll through. He's in. to, uh, Oh, AJ went for a jackknife ooh, pin ooh, ooh. and he's trying to fight out of the styles clash right now. He's getting a styles clash on Daniels. There's 10 seconds left and he hits it. Got it. He rolls him over so slowly. One, hey, two, so he's watching three. that clock, man. And the timer. Two seconds expires. left. It is perfect. Crowd is popping. Fantastic match, guys. I I can't tell
1: you there's, enough. There's AJ with the busted mouth, by the way. I told <laughs> he's you, he's got the busted I told mouth.
0: He was kind of the go-to. But,
1: but like it's 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 a banger, man. Like I can remember this match and just being like, it's thirty minutes, but those thirty minutes fly by. They yeah. do not Even- feel like it takes thirty minutes.
0: Even with us, I know we've talked a lot about our just our experience with TNA at the time period. It, this match flew by. Both times I've, I've watched mm-hmm. this for my, you know, kind of for research and just kind of get an idea of it. For this, I, I think the X Division title means more than the NWA title. In this at this period. point,
1: I agree. Oh, yeah. You've got a former NWA champion holding it, too. Like, you didn't see Jeff Jarrett holding the X Division title, but, like, his his matches weren't still in the show either. His storylines, you always knew Jarrett was going to come out on top. Somehow, some way, he was going to bust a guitar. What's the what's – what's Mike Graham broke a thousand guitars and never drew a dime. And you can't see it, but <laughs> I'm doing my head, like the gift. <laughs> but, like, that's just the way it goes. Even showing the respect, looking back at uh, Christopher Daniels there. Just, just a damn good match, man. Good feud between two guys that respect each other, laying it all out there too.
0: I was showing the highlights here, and it 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 is fucking – it was a great match. Like I said, just – I felt like it was an updated version of the match we watched with Steamboat and Austin.
1: Yep, and definitely sit, sit – and watch it with Mike Tanae and Don West, man. They get into it. Like, there's – they're not faking their enthusiasm. Like, they're legit, like, into this match.
0: Yeah, I remember we were talking about the – Um, Canadian Destroyer seeing the Styles class for the first time too blew my mind I was like holy fuck that move is awesome and and something
1: so simple but so cool at the same time there's cool cool I hated the way Don West looked at the screen though (laughs) licking his lips like yeah I'm so cool
0: good for Don West and guys that is the match now Travis it's time for the aftermath. The following month at Genesis, AJ Styles would defend the title against Petey Williams, who had won that X Division title match, uh, or the Ultimate X match, to earn a title shot. On that same Genesis show, Daniel's teamed with Alex Shelley, Roderick Strong, and Samoa Joe to defeat Austin Aries, Chris Sabin, Matt Bentley, and Sanjay Dutt in an Elimination X match. After the match, Joe attacked Daniels and hit him with a muscle buster onto a chair, leading to Christopher Daniels sustaining a kayfabe concussion. Styles would then start a feud with Samoa Joe, claiming that he had broken the unwritten code of the X division by brutally attacking Daniels. That sounds very reminiscent to uh, the ring of honor angle that the prophecy was running where they know they would break the code of honor. However, At Turning Point, Styles would lose the X Division title to Samoa Joe. At Final Resolution 2006, Daniels challenged Joe for the title, but lost when AJ Styles threw in the towel. The next week, Daniels accused Styles of doing this to get the number one contendership for the X Division title. And at Against All Odds, we would get another three-way match. Travis, you talked about how they would repeat a match. So at Against All Odds in 2006, we'd get the Samoa Joe-Christopher Daniels-AJ Styles three-way match with Joe retaining the title.
1: Yep, yep. It's another good match. It's not as good as Unbreakable, but it's still good.
0: Oh, yes. Styles would then join Daniels to challenge America's Most Wanted for the NWA Tag Titles. Uh, After losing to America's Most Wanted in title matches on two occasions, Styles and Daniels won the NWA Tag Titles at Slammiversary. They would then feud with LAX, which was Homicide and Hernandez. And on the 24th... The August 24th episode of Impact, they would lose the tag titles uh, to LAX in a border brawl. Yes, a great fe- a feud. And, uh, another thing to kind of talk about the tag division around this time, it, it was pretty damn good. Um, you know, I was telling you, Travis, before we got on there, I'm, ch- I'm watching the gauntlet match. I didn't realize AJ Styles joined the gauntlet match right after that match i'm watching him walk down the ring right now so it's kind of funny uh at no surrender styles and daniels defeated lax in an ultimate x match this match rules ass it's really good to win their second title and then at bound for glory 2006 a year later from this time styles and daniels lost the tie ta- the tag titles to lax in a six sides of steel match to end the rivalry great ass match as well i highly recommend checking that out we need to add that one to our list agreed Maybe a good one and of course that's pretty much it. That's you get the the brunt of all of it, Travis, TNA, man. What you think?
1: Uh I mean, I really th- said it earlier that this era of TNA has really slept on. It's kind of reminiscent of the 92, 93, 94 WCW era. Um there's a lot of great matches. A lot of the people we watch now came through this era of TNA um and established themselves as stars and and, and learn how to, to put a great match together. I mean, AJ Styles is still on top of WWE. I mean, he may be wrestling the Judgment Day, but, man, that guy, uh, they could put him anywhere, and he's a star in that company. Uh, Christopher Daniels was ROH champion, put on great matches with Cody Rhodes for the ROH title. I mean, he had a great match with uh, Brian Danielson about, was it, six months ago when they announced the ROH buyout? had a match on, I want to say it was Dynamite that was really good. So uh, Daniel's not so much in the ring anymore, more backstage role. But, man, Duke can work. Duke can still go if he needs to. So um, Samoa Joe, freaking dominant. Uh, Just this era, America's Most Wanted, that was a team that I would have loved to have seen in WWE. Um, Fucking (laughs) got brainwashed. Technically,
0: technically we did see them in WWE (laughs) just different times.
1: Brain Walker. Knock, knock. Said <laughs> so I'm going to knock your. Who's there? I'll knock your brains in. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock your brains in. <laughs> fucking, James, fucking James Storm could have had a monster run, and then he went back to be Bray Wyatt Light and Impact or whatever. But uh, they had the Naturals. They had LAX. Homicide's still tearing it up for NWA right now. Um, just had a great match with us. Carrie Morton. For the um, is it what's their title? Junior heavyweight title. The junior Junior heavyweight. What he was holding at the time. So um, I mean, there's there's talent all up and down this roster. What could have been with Monty Brown? Um, he's one of the biggest misses I think in TNA. That he should have been a NWA champion. If he would have beat Jeff Jarrett at Bound for Glory, the fans would ate that shit up. He was over when he hit pounce. The whole arena. Well, I'm not reading it, but the whole sound stage went wild for the pounce, man. It's just this era is great of TNA.
0: Yeah, I uh I agree, uh, wholeheartedly agree. Um, uh, I think 2000, I just sent it to our group chat uh, with the wrestling purist guys that TNA 2005, 2007. I mean, I could even say 2008, slept on, man. People it, it became the fashionable thing to shit on TNA. Um, but when they were good, they were good, when they were bad, they were bad, but. Uh, this match yeah. proves, you know, they, they have a, they had something, they had lightning in a bottle with this X division. And, um, I kind of miss it. I kind of miss it. And, and Impact's still a thing now, but it's not, it's not the same as what it was.
1: Still putting on some great matches. I mean, Josh Alexander's the man, um, their champion, but they, they tend to, people don't stay long. They're there for a, a, a cup of coffee and they're gone. But, um, You look at, I would say around the era of let's go head to head with Monday Night Raw was the death of TNA. All like eight um, weeks or seven weeks that they did it. Yeah. Yeah. The whole Orlando Jordan thing. Uh, They bring in Sean Morley, not Val Venus. Like they pretty much bring in everybody from that Hulkamania tour to TNA and it just fucking bogged it down and killed it. When the nasty boys are walking out on your TV in 2010, something's fucking wrong. I'm sorry. Something's fucking nasty.
0: nasty I am. I'll never forget that. It was not good, but I remember watching that. The funny thing about that was our good buddy, Ray, um, who's very instrumental in myself and Travis becoming friends. Uh, we actually had two TVs set up at his apartment because we live in the same apartment complex and he had raw on, which was Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. um, Yep. Finally having the face off. And then on the other one, we had Orlando Jordan and whatever the fuck was going on in DNA.
1: So, yeah, this is also the show. They have that fucking red X division cage that you have to climb out through the top and no one could make it out. And then Jeff Hardy's trying to get out. Homicides
0: trying to get out. Jeff Hardy, he's just laying on there and he's just, dude, he's Jeffing.
1: Yeah. yeah. Mr. (laughs) Mr. guy that just got fucking busted for all those drugs is just sitting on top of a cage. And I remember I was sitting in my sister's house because we didn't have cable and my mom and dad. So I was watching it there and I was just like, they just paid this guy all this money and they don't even know if he's going to go to jail or not. I was like, yeah, they're dead. They're dead in the water. I was like, "This is this is not good."
0: Well, guys, I look forward. We're gonna have some more. There's definitely some more TNA matches on our list. And speaking of our list, the Will of Destiny, as Travis has called it, where we spin the wheel, make the deal. At the end of every episode, guys, we actually go into our list that we have. We have a running list of matches that we think are pretty good, and that's how we end up deciding what match we're gonna watch. We put all of them into the Will of Names. And uh, we hit shuffle, and then we hit spin, and it's a random match that we get, and we cover it. So that's how we got this last match we just covered, and that's how we're going to do the next match. Travis is 7 for 7 on these matches. I have yet to have one of my matches pop in here. We have 174 matches on the list right now. I am going to add some more TNA after watching. It's getting me in a TNA mood, uh, putting some of those tag matches with uh, LAX and AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels. Uh, probably that that ultimate X match uh, with it, so I'm really excited about that. But Travis, are we ready to spin the wheel and make
1: the deal? We are. We're gonna we're gonna get some WWE here on this the spin. We're I gonna, think. think it's time.
0: I think we're going to get. I think we're going to get some indie stuff on here. So speaking of on here, guys, we have WWF matches, WWE matches, WCW, NWA. Uh, we also have ECW course, TNA matches, New Japan matches are on here, and even the local promotion that I'm involved with, NGW. There's NGW matches on there. There's some, some bangers. I also... I forgot, I forgot to add AEW matches. I forgot... Ring of Honor. I forgot to add... NGW matches, of course, A.R. Fox debuted last night officially on Dynamite and apparently got signed. Um, A.R. Fox has had some bangers for us, so I've actually directed some people towards the High Spots Wrestling Network to check those matches out. But without further ado, Travis, I'm going to spin the wheel and we're going to make the deal, buddy.
1: You ready? Do it. It is spinning. There's lightning bolts shooting from my eyes right now. There is a um, vertically challenged guy bringing me a beer because Dusty had that little man. This is not, this
0: match is actually not a match that you suggested or that I suggested.
1: Oh, shit. what do it we is, got?
0: It is 2002, our first official WWE match. It okay. is the TLC match from Raw Roulette. Our good oh, buddy shit. Eric suggested this match.
1: Is this the
0: one that Kane and Hurricane are involved yes. in? Yes, yes, this is the one
1: okay. where Bubba Ray Dudley gets knocked out during the match as well. Mm hmm. I, I remember this match because I don't even think Hurricane's in it. I think Kane wins by itself, right? He does. He does. This is r-
0: not too long after the um, draft. And this is the very first raw roulette where, you know, everything was decided through us. Ironically, a will HLA HLA. Oh, Hot lesbian time. action was a real thing. <laughs> this, we, we have, there's actually going to be a lot of fun stuff to talk about on this. Um, not to mention the competitors. I believe it's Chris Jericho and Christian as a team, uh, Spike Dudley mm. and Bubba Ray Dudley as a team. Jeff Hardy and is it Rob Van Dam as a team?
1: I think it is. And then you have Kane and Hurricane. But something happens to Hurricane in the back. Somebody attacks him or something, and he's not even in the match.
0: Yeah, I'm, tr- I'm, gonna- I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember correctly too, because this one is a curveball. This one is not a match of yours or mine.
1: Well, it's funny really, that eric eric gets the first one man that's not any of ours here i mean that's a that's a good thing though i mean eric eric supplied i mean we had some friends supply some matches um for the wheel of uh yeah. destiny there and bleacher so, report the first that,
0: thing it says wwe raw roulette 2002 tlc match once again saves the night so uh there's that which there's yeah, a there's only a handful of TLC matches that actually took place on, if you want to say, free television.
1: <laughs> Dude, I'm looking at the match card. Guess who Triple H wrestles in a blindfold match? Is it Regal? D'Lo Brown oh my in 2002. God. Big Show wrestles Booker T in a cage. Regal wrestles Goldust in a Las Vegas showgirl oh, yes. match. <laughs> oh, my God. Lawler, Lawler and
0: Stephen Richards. <laughs> the draft, oh, this my draft, it, it, You when you break it down to, we're going to have to talk about this, how SmackDown really was the A-show at the time, just the talent they had on it. So, uh, But yeah, guys, it's going to be Kane and the Hurricane defending the Raw tag titles against Bubba Ray Dudley and Spike Dudley, Rob Van Dam and Jeff Hardy and Chris Jericho and Christian. The year was so good that they had to put so many people into uh, makeshift tag teams because they had no tag teams. All the while they broke up the Dudley boys for this fucking draft. This, so, uh,
1: this is also the show where Triple H reveals Kane killed Katie Vick. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we get one shiny star out of the show which I wouldn't mind seeing Regal and Goldust in a Las, Las Vegas showgirls match again that's good. I remember Regal it was hilarious He was fucking hilarious like he's walking out in
0: his fucking heels and he's
1: like falling all and over the place he's, he's got that I smell shit look but then again he's like secretly enjoying it he's got like a the, <laughs> the Kurt smile like just crying <sighs> oh fuck Travis what do what do you got going on my friend Ah, nothing much, man. Just selling stuff over there at CG Other Man Twelve on the Ebays. Um, and I, uh, I have a podcast coming up with the Wrestle for Mayhem 2000. It's finally happening, and I've talked about it for a month now, but um, it is finally happening. I got my dates mixed up, but that's what uh, he was texting earlier about Man Cow, and I was like, yeah, Man Cow looks like Big Bubba from '96 with all that leather on. He wrestles Jimmy Hart on Remember this show, which it's is is fucking is terrible. Good and he brings his misfit pack with him, which is like Howard Stern's whatever crew, but it's man cow's crew. It's fucking stupid. Uh, but WCW it was, was a dumpster fire in 2000 you probably won't see any matches from that year on our Will of destiny, unless it's the ladder match from star arcade, which was, which was pretty good. But, um, but yes, I'm about it going on, man, just, uh, doing all that. And, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at at Travis Laster. Um, there's also a pretty good chance uh, Bleeding John is going to make a Twitter appearance this weekend because it is full gear weekend and it is time for MJF to make John Moxley bleed. So whoever's running that account, you know, uh, he's probably looking forward to getting that bloody screenshot to uh, get on get on the Twitter. Uh, and then you can follow us, you know, at Wrestling Recom. And uh, see all of our Eddie's gifts he makes and uh, anything I could find to go with it. Like I don't have any magazine covers or articles this, this week, but sure I could find some uh, good pictures of Christopher Daniels with hair and uh, different things to uh, put up there. But uh, that's about all I got going on on my side right now. Not, not a ton.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, Definitely check us out at wrestling. Wreck on the Twitter, which has actually gotten on quite a few followers, I'm really excited about it. Definitely check us out on our Facebook. You can listen to us. I mean, obviously you listen to us now, but you listen to us on a multitude of platforms: uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I know we're on Google. Uh, we're on uh, I, our, I Heart Radio, or I don't know, man. There's so many. I know we're on um, Amazon. Like if you do like Alexa, uh, you can find us on Anywhere there as well.
1: Podcasts can be found. Anywhere yeah. podcast we found Sim-
0: simply what Travis put um, definitely check out uh, of course NGW it's the show I'm involved with uh, matches right now are available on High Spots the High Spots Wrestling Network and uh, yeah they're at Next Gen TN and I've been busy with sports Kaylin uh, won her tournament last Saturday she also had her scrimmage last night my daughter is kicking some serious ass in basketball super proud dad uh, but other than that I don't have a whole lot going on. Thanksgiving will be here next Thursday before we drop our new episode. So go ahead and get that out of the way. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. And uh, hopefully, you know, everything is great with everyone. Hope everyone stays safe. And I'm really excited to bring this next episode to the masses. So until next week, I am Eddie along with... Troy We will see you soon.